Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 48 of the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, Tom and I will be giving you our usual in-depth look into the goings-on at the Chiefs and stories from elsewhere around the league in this week's Arrow Headlines. But first... Champion, 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 champion of the world. Obviously, we like to bring some British flavour to this podcast that somehow links the United Kingdom with the Chiefs. But wow, do we have a doozy for you this week. Seven-time world Formula One champion and knight of the British Empire, Sir Lewis Hamilton, has declared war on Chiefs Kingdom and his fellow Brits as he recently became part owner of the Denver Broncos. I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. I just can't believe you used the words British Empire on this podcast. <laughs> um, do people still care about that? Like, well, if you're a knight of the, the British Empire, I suppose you would be, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, yeah, Lewis Hamilton is... It's an odd one that that news has happened this week because we actually got asked a, asked a question via the reviews, actually. Yeah. And we can answer the question shortly, but it was specifically about Lewis Hamilton, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, and a uh, Lewis Hamilton question on the uh, reviews for the Great British Cheese Show, but, you know, never mind. Um, but, like, he wanted to own Chelsea, didn't he? That's what he... He wanted to join a, a, a ownership group to by part of Chelsea, who are also a club that I despise. And the London club, yeah. Yeah, and he's ended up with Denver. And I, I don't really understand why. <laughs> if I'm being he really honest. You, Tom, doesn't but he? <laughs> I, I I just I don't understand how you end up going from Chelsea to Denver Broncos. Like no. how 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 do these like positions come about? Do, do they just flick through the yellow pages and think, ah, oh, what, what am I going to buy? And then just go to Denver Broncos. Or <laughs> do they just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> do they just get like a risk board and just go, right, uh, today I'm going to take over, I don't know, Denver. And I'm going to buy parts of Denver. Like, what is it about Denver that made Lewis Hammond buy part of it? Is, is, was Denver advertising for, for well, new owners? Were they selling? I don't know. I mean, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Because maybe, I mean, maybe because everything that's been going on with the Formula One at the moment, there's a lot of races happening in America now, isn't there? 
Yeah. There's a good link to that, to that. And obviously there's going to be some connections built up, especially when we had that recent one in Miami, didn't we? Where, I mean, it was a terrible track, but the, the whole venue and everything like that was just full of stars, celebrities, yeah. it's full of businessmen and all that, you know, all that going on. So it, at some point there's got to be some kind of investment opportunity, I think. And it may be that they made it, they might've just had a bit of a chat, maybe on a yacht somewhere. Yeah. In Monaco, maybe. Just, you know, like, oh, come and join our, our investment group and plow your money into this and we'll give you a good rate of return. And I don't really think he's thinking about, you know, I really want to be part of the Denver Broncos. I think he just wants to get into an investment of sorts yeah. to put his money into it before he retires in, 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 in Formula One. It would be really weird to see Lewis Hamilton lifting the Lombardi Trophy, like because <laughs> because America still because <laughs> yeah America still maintains this ridiculous tradition of handing trophies to owners and not players at yeah. first. And I just we've talked about it on this show many many times. I just do not understand why owners get the trophy first. I just think it's ludicrous. So it would be weird one day to sit there for A, to watch the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl, but B, to, for that to follow up and see Lewis Hamilton stood there in a, in a Russell Wilson jersey no. holding aloft the trophy. To be honest, if the Broncos had won the Super Bowl, I doubt I'd make it that far anyway, and the, the remote's probably have already gone through the TV. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that. But it, it, it also showcases as well how far the NFL's come in terms of coming over to this country and, and, and beyond that in Europe. Yeah. You know, you've got Lewis Hamilton, who is a mega star of the Formula One, who really wants a piece of that pie. He went, you know, no matter mm. what NFL team came towards him, I think I think he was really looking forward and thinking it would be a really good investment to get involved with that. Um, yeah. It's just, it, it didn't have to be the Denver Broncos, Lewis. No. But I don't think he cares, to be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he cares about what we think. Like, apparently he's an Arsenal fan and he tried to buy Chelsea. So, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, to ruin them. <laughs> so back to this question. Back to this question. So um, in the reviews, you can leave reviews of this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. But um, you can leave a review and people read it out. But there was one specifically for us and it was Lewis Hammond related. And it come from someone called DC2AA. And the question for us is, was, I haven't listened to all of the Great British 2 show, but I haven't heard you, all, uh, heard you all talk about Formula One. Great Britain has an incredible array of teams, drivers, tracks, and history. What are your general thoughts, likes, dislikes, etc.? And do you think Mahomes will ever top Lewis Hamilton's success? Oh, that's a good question. No, because Patrick Mahomes isn't driving in Formula One, so he can't get as many world titles. There's there's that one straight away. No, um, sorry, sorry to be pedantic. No, um, can he top Mahomes? Can Mahomes top Lewis Hamilton's success? So Lewis Hamilton currently has what seven world titles, and it's seven tied titles, with Michael yeah. Schumacher for the most ever. Yeah. Um, some people say that he was robbed of the eighth and defining world robbed. title last year, and <laughs> I am inclined to agree with him. And when, will he get back there? Will he get to the position where he can win an eighth world title? Maybe next season, but time is certainly running out on him and that one. In Mahomes, yes, he has one world title, but again, he has to get to seven to to match to match Brady and. I don't think he gets there. I just don't. I've, I think I feel like Mahomes. We've already wasted one or two excellent opportunities to add to the one that he's already got. He's been to four. 
four AFC Championship games and really it's a tad disappointing that we've only got one Super Bowl out of it. Really would have liked to have had two Super Bowl wins out of those four AFC Championship games. But it wasn't to be. The AFC is obviously becoming a lot harder. You're getting a lot more, a few people like Max Verstappen, you're getting like the Bills, like the Josh Allen, the what, like the wannabes have it. So it's only going to get harder and harder for Mahomes. I mean, we'll only probably ever see somebody like a Brady's standard one. We, I mean, Brady's he's been that anomaly, hasn't he? Let's say yeah. that Brady's won seven, is it seven Super Bowls now? He's won. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was a good twenty-year span where they had that, wasn't it? Where you're not really going to have that as much, I don't think, from Mahomes. Like you said, you know. Looking at what we've already had so far in the in the previous uh, the previous you know seasons we've had with him, and he's we've we've been so close to getting him uh, probably at least like three Super Bowls nearly, mm. uh, or the the Chiefs really should have that in their hand already, and that would really kind of springboard him further, you know, in in the rest of his career because if he's got three under his belt already, seven doesn't seem like that far away, does it? No, yeah, but yeah, but you're talking about four titles in what 15 yeah. years for him to catch up. But we all know one Super Bowl is so so difficult to get. Yeah, and you know, even if you've got three in the bag, you're yeah. not guaranteed to win anymore after that. Um, I suppose no way. Like from the Formula One aspect of it, if Max Verstappen continues to stay the lead driver in the best car, yeah, then there's every chance that he's going to add at least four or five more world titles, yeah. just like Hamilton ben- benefited from it. He was the lead driver in the best car for a couple of years. It, sure. it just happened. You, you had the best driver in the best car at the time. It was and- interesting, though, because Lewis, Lewis did it where he was, yeah, okay, he was at McLaren and he was with Fernando Alonso and they were yeah. winning titles and, you know, the, the McLaren were the team. They were probably the fastest car on the grid, they, they, you know, without a doubt. Then he left and went to Mercedes, who were pretty, pretty a, a mid-running team at the time. And people yeah. were going, what are you doing, Lewis? Why are you doing Why are you moving away from McLaren? You've got it good there. And he went to Mercedes. And whatever they told him, Mercedes, they must have had some good design discussion or something like that. And he then eventually went on this really long run of being in the most dominant car in Mercedes. Yeah. Well, if um, Nico Rosberg can win a F1 title, then that's his it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's, now that's, the, seen... that's like the equivalent of Eli Manning winning Super Bowls, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> basically. It's, it's like we were saying Joe before, it's, 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 it's having that look sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. To, it timing know, is everything. Timing Time, is definitely. Yeah, timing is everything. There, there's like, if you put, okay, it's hard to say because Brady won a title literally two, three years ago. Yeah. But if Brady plays out his career from this point now, there's no way in hell he wins seven titles. No. Not not in that division. If the, he goes back to the Patriots now from this point onwards, mm-hmm. the, the, he doesn't win seven titles. Where Mahomes, unfortunately, is in an era where the AFC is just ridiculously stacked. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that, again, that stops him from getting to where he wants to be. Obviously, if he does get close to the seven, if he does get close to the Brady, the Lewis Hammer, and the Michael Schumacher type numbers, yeah. And of course, we're all laughing. But right now, if I had to put money on it, I would say no. I don't think Mahomes ends up as like the go in terms of title wins like yeah. Lewis Hamilton does. I think it's hard. It's it's easy to say that I think with the AFC West so looking so powerful now, yeah. and the AFC looking so powerful yeah. now, it's probably going to be a, a tall ask for for Mahomes yeah. to do that. But you know, I mean, he's brought us one. I'm very happy with one at the moment. I really am. <laughs> at what point? At what point do you become unhappy with one? Just one? 
Like the one is special. The one was ex- like extra. That whole season was amazing. Yeah. That night in Miami, incredible. Winning the Super Bowl, the celebrations after, amazing. But at what point do you think, right, we need to kick on here? Like look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won one early in his career. And here we are. He's winning multiple MVPs, but he's just not winning Super Bowls or even getting to Super Bowls these these days. At what yeah. point do you go, actually, enough is enough. We need to buck our ideas up. I mean, at the moment, we're in a good position because the Chiefs are such a good dominant team, good powerhouse team at the minute. But when it starts going bad or if it starts going bad, you know, if there's if there's there's seasons where we're wasting such a talent of uh, the likes of, of Patrick Mahomes, it's, it, it's when does the frustration kick in? Well, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah. At what point? At what point? Like, and, what is a wasted season? Is it's because, in my opinion, a wasted season is not making the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, but prior to us actually winning one, how yeah. many of us actually said, "I just want the Chiefs. I just want to see the Chiefs in a Super Bowl." Yeah, I didn't want to. You know, I wasn't really particularly bothered if they actually won it or not. Just seeing them playing one was one thing, but then it was like, right, we've won one. We want more now. Well, yeah, standards rise. The the, yeah. chief, the chiefs are victims of their own success. Oh, it's yeah. got it's got nothing like the reason why we are like, like we are, why we are impatient with the team at times is because we know what they can do, and we know that on their day they are the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But when you are the best team in the NFL, you also need to add hardware to that to prove it. And the hardware for the Chiefs are rings on their fingers, mm-hmm. and arguably they should have at least two by now. They've got their one. Yeah. It's great. But what? This year, if we don't win the Super Bowl, okay, far enough, fair enough, transition year. But then the year after, or if we don't get there next year, or the year after that, or the year after that. And then Travis Kelsey starts talking about retirement. And then we have all these young O-linemen to play, uh, to pay. Uh, then what? With Kelsey, Can we let Kelsey retire with one ring? I'm sure he'd be happy with one ring. One ring, winning one Super Bowl and getting to the Hall of Fame is an excellent career and earning a stupidly good amount of money. Mm. But there'll always be this what if with this Chiefs team. Yeah, it's almost like what would you class, how many Super Bowls would you class as Mahomes having a successful career that has matched his ability, I suppose, in a way, isn't it? Is, would you, I would say I would be very happy with if he just got three, just the three. If he just got three, that would for me, I've gone fair enough. He's proved his he's proved he's been a, a dominant quarterback and the ability that he's got. Yes, he's had some difficult seasons where yeah. he hasn't quite made it. He's been beaten in an AFC championship game or he's been in, been in the Super Bowl. But look at the records he's brought and look at the three Super Bowls he's won. Yeah. So three that across for me would be would you, that would be would, comfortable. Would you mind when the free come? Do you mind if in the different stages of career, or do you want the free early, or do you want them evenly spread? As long as he's a chief, I don't care. <laughs> I don't yeah. want him going to Tampa or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think, do you think Aaron Rodgers is happy with his career? Um, no, I think he's got some frustrations. I think you see it recently now as well, don't you? You see there's some frustrations creeping in there because he did almost cause the fact that he wanted Randall, as a Randall Cobb, to bring there uh, to come back. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think he's getting frustrated to the point where he's thinking, right, I want to do it my way instead of actually doing it everybody else's way because yeah. I've got this experience. I've been here that long. And I, I, I just think that he is getting a bit frustrated now. And it's, will, will Mahomes get frustrated that the fact that he might go through a drought period of not actually winning something? Will he get frustrated or will he just continue trying to fight on like he normally does? Interesting thought. Interesting thought, isn't it? 
Uh, right, we've sidetracked so much there, haven't we? <laughs> we were sidetracked like all the time. <laughs> we'll get into some arrow headlines and actually uh, some chats about uh, Chiefs training camp as well because um, I've been sat in my sun lounger just in on my holidays in Scarborough, um, just looking at some of the news coming through Chiefs training camp. I'm happy. I'm a, I'm a really happy, relaxed Chiefs fan at the moment. I cannot believe you've taken some time out of your holiday to podcast. Yes, exactly. This, you know, I'm not even getting double time for this. No, come on, Pete. <laughs> Pete, you owe him a day off in Lou. Him... <laughs> yes, I'm sat in the, uh, the the room at the moment at the moment with scorching sun outside, but I'm sat inside doing a podcast with my mate Tom. Because and what, I, you're, what, I what are your family family. currently doing? Uh, they're having bacon sandwiches upstairs, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. I'm missing out on bacon sandwiches as well. What's going yeah, on? They're going to go for a round of mini golf in a minute. Pina yeah, colada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man, I, I feel Costa, like a winner then. Costa del Scarborough. Yeah, Scarborough, not Scarborough. Yeah, as Americans call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scarborough. Yeah, obviously, Chiefs training camp. There's a few stories floating around, and uh, the one of them, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this kid does because um, Isaiah Pacheco has been getting quite a bit of airtime recently, hasn't he? Uh, especially in some of the uh, the Arrowhead Pride reports as well, um, and. Apparently, Dave Tube has taken notice as well and says that the rookie, Isaiah Pacheco, is the Chiefs' first option as kick returner. Now, that, that for me, for somebody who is a seventh-round draft pick and he's suddenly been talked about on, what, how many days have we had Chiefs, cramp, Chiefs yeah. camp so far? And he's already been Seven. touted as being the kick returner already. Um, you know, he's making, he's making waves. I like, yeah. I like, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. That, that's that's a really really good thing for him to yeah. be that guy for Dave Tube already because we all know that Dave Tube gets such a say at the yeah. bottom of the roster. <laughs> yeah. Like the last final five spots are like reserved for Dave Tube. I feel like these people have their own car parking spaces reserved at camp just for Dave Tube. <laughs> you know, no, you've got like normal guys and you've got parking spaces for Dave Tube guys yeah. and. It seems like Isaiah Pacheco is a Dave Tube guy. There is a spot there for kick return. Byron Pringle is no longer on the team. Mm. So there is there is some there is a position there. Obviously, McCall Hardman has done it in the past, but from all accounts, McCall Hardman's going to be a little bit more involved in the offense, which tends to mean that he's going to be less involved with special teams. So I, I'm excited in myself with a Pacheco because there's in the running back room, we kind of know who Ronald Jones is. We know who mm. Clyde is. We we know who Jarrett McKinnon is. And so it's always nice to, to have a new face in there that something that could someone could spring a surprise on you. Yeah. And if you've got a guy that's making waves in special teams, eventually his time will come on offense as well because he's going to, if he's the kick returner, he is going to be active every week. He is not going to be a healthy scratch. So he's going to be on the sideline there. So chances are, that he's going to get into games. So when he does, he needs to make the most of it. But first and foremost, he needs to prove to Dave Tube that Dave Tube is right to back him and he can be effective in the kick return game. Because when was the last time that we had an effective kick return game? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't remember. I like, can't quite remember. It's like, do you remember the early Dave Tube years when special teams was like, ah, oh, touchdown opportunities and obviously then so you went through the, the original day two years where it was like oh loads of special team touchdown and then you went through the Tyreek Hill years where it was like every time yeah. he touched the ball on special teams you feel oh this is going to be a touchdown and now it's kind of gone a bit dry 
on that on that front. We haven't really had too much success in the kick return, so it'd be nice to see a new face in there that can, you know, get mean that kick returns are something to be watched as opposed to something to go grab a cup or go to the toilet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is though, kick returns have been a little bit mute, let's say, yeah, over the last few years because you know a lot of the kickers can just hoof it down the field and out out of play, and that's it. Yeah, you know. So. And then then you get when they do bring it out and they get tackled at like the twenty, you get yeah. like analytics twitter going crazy and <laughs> and whatnot like it, it feels like bringing it out of the end zone is just like worse than slapping someone's mum in the face sometimes like yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a way some people react to it but it's a good indi- indication for uh, pacheco to really like think right i'm making i'm making people take notice yeah. of me um, and that's I'm all you want to do in camp that is your job in camp you do not want to be the forgotten guy you no. want to be if you're being talked about chances are you're doing something right and he's been talked about as a seventh round rookie, so good on him. Good on him, exactly. Uh, the other thing as well is I wanted to bring up is uh, Frank Clark is ecstatic over the Chiefs' addition of Carlos Dunlap. Um, I think we all are, Frank. Yeah, to be honest. he's not um, the only one. I mean, you know, what is it? Ninety six career sacks he's had Dunlap uh, mm. in his entire career, and uh, you know, he's he's one of those players that. It, it, it's no secret that we were looking for sacks this year. We that's what we desperately missed quite a lot of yeah. last year. Um, you know, Frank Clark was obviously partly, um, you know, partly responsible for some of those uh, lack of sacks, shall we say? But um, you know, we've got Carl Aftes, who seems to be. I saw him in a in a training footage where he was he was really manhandling. Everyone who was in his way, yeah, <laughs> he's um, mean. He's mean. I mean, it's not just his his hands; it's his legs. He powers through how he's moving, like these man mountains of of you know all lines. How he's managing to do it, I have no idea. But um, keep doing it, yeah, keep doing it, Carl. After this, because um, you know he, he's another one who's who's been you know uh, one of those that has been a bit of a standout for me at the moment he's getting better every week apparently or every uh, yeah. training camp he's he's doing so well um and the reports coming out are great but it's nice to have somebody like carlos dunlap who is there yeah. who is another uh, you know another experienced player that carl aftis can learn from yeah um we saw uh, frank clark teaching carl aftis some spin moves in the uh, in, in one of the um the training camps yeah um so to get somebody like dunlap as well i mean this is this is just a great addition isn't it yeah for sure if we can get a melvin ingram type impact out of yeah. carlos dunlap then then we're laughing i i think overall the defensive line is probably better than it was 12 months ago going into the season obviously Carl Aftis has a lot to to say about that and now obviously the addition of Carlos Dunlap last year they went into the season a little bit dry they tried obviously the Chris Jones experiment which failed miserably um, but now it, all of a sudden DN doesn't look as weak as it once did and you've now got Dana you've got Josh Kando Frank Clark Carl Aftis Dunlap there's, there's a few more bodies ready to go than they were say 12 months ago but I think Frank Clark himself is a big talking point because he was very open and honest about what he said this year and Mm. uh, this this gone week about his own lifestyle his own habits and his own performance as well and as I I feel like Frank Clark is very much a harness sleeve type of guy I I don't I don't feel like you get much BS from Frank Clark um, yeah, he is a very extremely straight talker, which as 
part of the media that is wonderful wonderful to hear because whenever you get a frank clark interview you just know there's going to be something there that's like genuine something to take and a genuine takeaway and uh when he was talking specifically about a conversation he had with andy reed and andy reed basically said that his performance wasn't up to par mm. and, it, and, it, and it feels like that frank clark has used that as motivation to to better his lifestyle he's talked about quitting drinking he's lost mm. some weight and he feels in better shape than he has been and obviously if he can feel healthier, he's he's had problems with gastro. I think it is. He's had he's had yes. stomach problems for the last couple of years. If his lifestyle change is helping him to feel better and he's not feeling ill as often, then maybe we might get a Frank Clark close, not all the way there, but close to a level that we kind of expected him to be for the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. If we get 2019 level production out of Frank Clark then it's going to be great. Obviously, we're not going to sit here and say we want the Seahawks, Frank Clark. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. That 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 ship is there. We are never going to get the, the Frank, Clark, uh, Frank Clark and Seattle Seahawks. But if we can get the first season in, in Kansas City, Frank Clark, paired with Carl Afters, paired with Dunlap, paired with uh, Chris Jones and all these guys inside, then hopefully the, the defensive line can be... a almost a position of strength. And when we do come across teams like the Bengals who were giving up sack after sack after sack in the playoffs and then they come across us and we don't even touch him once in the, in the game, we don't see those type of performance where we can rely on on defensive line to, to get some push up front and, and give this young secondary mm. all the help it needs. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. I mean, I think the secondary really struggled, obviously because of the defensive line just really wasn't getting to the quarterback much, mm. so um you know yeah you're quite right the the youngsters will hopefully benefit from the likes of Dunlap um and Carl Aftis and Frank Clark being on uh, be, do you think they get more sacks than last se- season who Frank Clark no the Chiefs in, in general oh yeah I think they will I think from what I've seen of Carl Aftis and the fact that we're bringing Dunlap in I'm pretty confident now especially with Chris Jones um I can see us getting a lot more sacks. Well, they got 31 last year. So they'll get a lot more than that. Yeah. They only need I, to actually, average, they only need to average what just under two a game. Yeah. To, and that 31's a terrible amount, isn't That's it? It's horrible. I mean, it, it wasn't a secret. Like I said, it wasn't a secret. It was a terrible pass rush last year. Yeah. And that was that was part and parcel of some of the problems. It probably it probably was, like you said, one of the main contributing factors of those not being able to beat the Bengals. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but anyway. Um Should we take a quick break? Let's do it. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking a bit more about our headlines and a bit more on our takes from Chiefs Camp. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. 
And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. We're going to talk a bit more about Chiefs Camp and uh, another story, actually, that came out in our headlines, which is, is a camp, but it's not Chiefs Camp. And it's not Band Camp. And one time, a Band Camp? Yeah, it's definitely not Band Camp. Yeah, there was a, there was a nice little uh, piece of footage, actually. Um, I, I actually saw it today. I didn't, I didn't actually see it when it actually happened, but I saw it today when I was on my sun lounger. And uh, I saw Josh Allen was involved in Bill's training camp fight after being bumped by a defensive lineman. Now, this was handbags, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think the uh, term fight is being used very loosely there. Um, I, mean, I know you can't touch the quarterback in training. I know that's you, a, can't. That's a, that you just can't do it. But the guy who was moving, he's a, he was a man mountain. I don't know who the hell it was. He, he was a man mountain and he was running towards that to close that gap. And Allen was there. Alan just appeared and he, he kept his hand he kept his hands in, kept his arms down, and just give him a bit of a nudge with his chest. And Josh and Allen didn't like it. Lying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your take on this? I mean obviously the golden rule of camp of any training session with anything revol- um involving a callback is you can't touch them. Don't even they breathe are. on them. You, yeah, exactly. You you can't touch the quarterback. But in this instance, like Josh Allen just needs to show a little bit more common sense and respect for his peers. It clearly wasn't malicious. It was clearly a a brain fart from the defensive lineman. He he just lost his head for a second. And Josh Allen, for whatever reason, went all precious on us. And (laughs) when when after his lineman, I just. It looked for me, it was amazing because the the Bills have been talking about that 13 second loss a lot for the last yes. few weeks. They have been asked a lot of questions. Josh Allen specifically has been asked a lot of questions about that loss. And the amount of times I've wanted to throw something in headlines about that loss has been unreal because the Bills are <laughs> always talking about it. Yeah. So they are clearly clearly frustrated they might be using it as fuel like we did with the d ford thing for the following year we tried using that as fuel for the 2019 season i feel like the bills are doing the same with with that loss but i don't think they're going about it the right way they clearly are hella frustrated and for josh allen to react the way that he did is just mind-blowing you got brushed a little bit by a lineman and he honestly acted like he was wearing a bright red jersey and this this geezer just come up to him and laid him out like it's it it was comical and i do find it funny that the term fight 
is being used, but <laughs> it, I don't know. I just, it just looked like a thing that small teams do. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like act like you've been there before. And something like the Raiders do, isn't it? This, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's very Antonio Brown on hard knocks type thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's a bit small time. And the Bills want to behave like the big boys or be a big boy, and then they start behaving like big boys. And yeah. Josh Allen, that's not the way to go about it. But all I'm going to say is Patrick Mahomes would never. The main thing for me is, is yes, you can't touch the quarterback. It's a, it's, it's one of the golden rules in, in, in any camp. But I'm sorry, but if that if that quarterback thinks he's going to get a two point conversion by diving through the middle of of a defensive line, I'm nudging him <laughs> because he clearly thinks that he can just go on. You know, while the crowd and the crowd are going to be like, "Yeah, he got a two point conversion." You know, no, no, not on my watch. I'm sorry. I, I know yep. I'm not. Allowed, I know I'm not allowed to touch you, but no, you just don't. You don't score a two point conversion because I can't touch you. Yeah, but there's ways to go about it. And I can I get that the defensive lineman's thinking, oh, I've got a job to win here myself. Yeah. But touching a quarterback is not the way to go about it. Like if if some undrafted free agent come along as defensive end in Chiefs camp and was try- somehow managed to get up playing with the ones and beat his tackle and hit Mahomes, that undrafted free agent never plays again. Oh, sorry, brushed Mahomes. Brushed Mahomes, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Hit him with his handbag. <laughs> there, there is a story about um, from Ray Parler, a former Arsenal player, and he was talking. I can't remember the name of the player, but he said that there once upon a time there was a player that turned up to the training that Arsenal signed him, and none of the players could work out why they signed him because yeah. they, he was at training. He was just rubbish. He just didn't fit in. Right. And he didn't fit in at all. And um, at one point, he's running around like like uh, like, uh, like a ball, basically, just seeing red, just going running around, running around, trying to tackle anyone. And at one point in the training match, the ball went up to Arsene Wenger, who was that then the Arsenal manager. And this player, it's annoying me that I can't, cannot remember his name, just went through and just two-footed tackled Arsene Wenger, like 60-year-old man. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm annoyed that I can't remember the player, but I remember reading it in Ray Parler's book. And um, yeah, that's what it'd be like if anyone went up to my homes. <laughs> you tackle, he's basically like tackling an old man. Can't believe you'd do that. Um, back to Chiefs Anyways, training camp. Anyways, Josh Allen, <coughs> get over yourself. Back to Chiefs training camp. Now, uh, we touched on it briefly about Isaiah Pacheco, but is there anybody else who's really kind of uh, standing out for you at the minute? I know we're here with a lot of the reports from Arrowhead Pride and, and Pete Sweeney's given us some great, you know, great details about that um keep up the great work pete because we really thrive on this stuff um from chief training camp i'd love to go one day i really would love to go one day but i, I don't think i could stump up the cash just to get over just over a training camp i don't know yeah i, I don't know if that, that's for me but um, that'd be a I'd, tough sell it would be a tough sell wouldn't it yeah but uh, is there anybody really kind of popping out for you and, and somebody that you thought i wasn't really particularly excited about that player before but right now i have to look at them it's Sky Moore. Sky Moore, yeah. It's Sky Moore. Um, I expected him to be good. And I think everyone expected him to be good. I, actually, I think it's his pair. I, it's a pair between Sky Moore and Juju. I was going to say Juju. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say Juju and Sky Moore. Like, I fully expected the Juju to be great anyway. Um, I didn't. But he's kind of gone up a gear. 
It's yeah. like I expected Sky Moore to be good and he's been great. I was expecting Juju to be great and he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Like they've both exceeded my expectations and they're both making me feel a lot better about the wide receiver room. We've talked about the depth. We don't need to go into that again. We expected the depth to be better, but we didn't know whether the, the talent at the top of the room was going to be as good as we've seen. And yeah. obviously that was a cause for concern. But what we have seen in this first week are two receivers in them two that are just showing up in like the the biggest of way. And you, you want to make an impression early in camp and them two, Sky Moore, the rookie, Juju, the guy looking to revitalize his his career. And the pair of them have just been excellent. They're like really good, really encouraging from what I've seen. The connection, I think, already that, Mahomes is building up with Juju is, yeah. is is something to take note of. It's yeah. that it's that Madden nineteen cover the <laughs> connection. That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, um, the wide receiving court. I'm I'm feeling a lot better now, and I'm 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 obviously forgetting about that that previous wide receiver that we had before. I forget his name now. But um, mate, I feel it like had to be better. said. Yeah, it had to be said. Um, I feel a lot better now that the wide receiving court is. As 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 kind of tight as it is, really. I, I just yeah. I just think it's it's competitive. We, I I can't remember the last time the Chiefs had a really competitive wide receiving core. Probably when Sammy Watkins was there, but there was not not, not really anybody who was going to be kind of pushing him. Even yeah. though he was there for that. Um, you know, at least Sky Moore is like pushing. Um, you, you know, the already established players on the on the team. You know, MVS and Juju, um, and making sure that he is at least considered to be starting this year. Um, you make an excellent but- point there. You make it like, I'm going through in my head and I can't. Like, are we talking Jeremy Macklin and Tyreek Hill in his rookie year? Is is that the last time that we had two right, genuine... But then? even two, Tyreek Hill in his rookie year wasn't like exactly a well-beaten wide receiver. He kind of grew into that role as yeah. the years went on. When was the last time the Chiefs had at least two number two wide receivers? It was Sammy Watkins, think. maybe Sammy Watkins, but hardly on the field. So for this, the Chiefs are going to go into the season with their number one being Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. and then potentially uh, MVS, Juju and Sky Moore, three number two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time we had that type of depth? We haven't had that type of depth under Andy Reid. He inherited Donny Avery and... Yeah. Dwayne Bow, they were his two guys originally. Then we rolled with Dwayne Bow for far too long. Yeah, and then after that it was Macklin. Who did who did Macklin have as a partner? And it was he didn't have anyone until Tyreek Hill come along. Then Macklin yeah. went, and who's Tyreek Hill had as a partner? No one until Sammy Watkins come Sammy along. Watkins, and like you said, he was hardly playing. Yeah, um, and that's then that that was when we were a team that didn't really like throwing the ball that much. Yeah. Um, with uh, with the Tyreek Hill early years. It was, the, the, the beauty of this is, though, is it, we can actually throw somebody in the slot and not be worried about it. In what We've sense? got two wide receivers there that we could throw into the. We, we could throw somebody into the slot there, no problem. And we, I'd be more than happy now having somebody as a slot receiver, adding to the wide receivers, and be qu- quite confident that. The, Who would you like? Well, who's going to be your slot guy? Were you putting a big body in there? Or are you going to put your Sky Moore? Are we? I put, are we? I would put uh, Sky Moore in. Oh, so are we looking at Sky Moore to be like like the Wes Welker of the of the Chiefs <laughs> offense, the, like the like the cha- the chain weaver? Like Wes Welker basically made that position. 
Yeah, like, he did. the slot yeah. receiver was a position, but he was the guy. He was the guy that made it for like small players, the the, the nifty small players. And we've seen players do it. We've seen Tyreek Hill do it. Yeah. Uh, Wes Welker do it. There, there has been these smaller wide receivers has come in and move chains, and they're for the the quick, easy throws. Is Sky Moore now that guy? Could be. I mean, but then again, who do you put on the on the outside? Well, you put MVS or Juju. Well, yeah. Or McCall. Or, or will, will McCall be that slot guy? Because he's played there before, hasn't he? I don't want to see McCall in a slot. I don't think <laughs> I, I don't I don't think McCall Hardman runs good enough routes to to play in the slot. He saying that, did you see him in Chiefs camp against uh, Joshua Williams? Yeah, fair, fair, fair point. Him. Yeah, fair point. But I'm gonna go more of what we've seen in the actual in a game, in yeah, a game yeah. for the last yeah. three or four seasons. Like McCall is improving, he is improving, but to me, it already seems like Sky Moore is a far more technical route runner than what we've ever seen from McCall Hardman. And in, in from the slot, you have to get the dirty yards. And that's where you have to be a really good route runner. You have to be a technician. That's why Travis Kelsey's so good in there. That's why he yeah. goes lined out on the slot. Sometimes he goes out there on his own because he can win in the short to intermediate situations where he can just shake a guy off, get open, catch a pass first down. And if we've got, if we're in a position where we've got Sky Moore and Travis Kelsey there, mm. then with like maybe like Juju or MBS on the outsides, uh, Jared McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde coming out of the backfield, then options are endless. Like the, the Chiefs, if they can adopt an, a, a, like a, a fourth down approach, similar to like, um, I hate saying it, like, charges approach if they yeah. can become that type of aggressive and show that type of aggression then with the receivers that the chiefs have and the players that they have to do the damage early in the slots in sky Moore, in travis kelsey then there should be no reason to ever see i was about to say dustin colquitt to see tommy townsend yeah. ever again that, that you make a good point actually i never actually really considered actually using the likes of clyde edwards alert in the in the passing game but You've never considered that. You've no, brought no, no. it up about I've a million never, I, times. No, 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 no. I've considered it. I've considered oh, why we're not doing it, but I've never actually thought about it in this offense because I thought we've got so many now wide receivers that you know, yeah. even the tight ends, are, 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 you know, Jody Fortson's another one who's a brilliant, brilliant receiver. Um, and But we've also got the added extra. I, I, I'd love to see the Chiefs use Clyde Edwards-Alaire like Jamal Charles was used. <sighs> It's a tough ask. Yeah, well, I mean, and he's, he's not going to be Jamal Charles, but what I mean is, like, you remember that Raiders game, the Raiders game where it was just literally, you know... Yeah, was that like, was just screen pass, screen pass, screen pass, wasn't Exactly, it? but, I mean, it worked. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at like, Jamal Charles, like, what he did in that game. But that, that's, the Raiders. Yeah, but that same, that same offense was also led by Alex Smith and had Dwayne Bowen, Nonny Avery as his lead wide receivers. Yeah, and they still couldn't match it up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I, I like to think that Andy Reid is better in 2022 than trying to rely rely on a passing game for running back to to move the team. I, I do feel like they will do it. I do think it will happen on occasions, yeah. but I am still firmly of the belief that you have Patrick Mahomes, you have this quarterback, you've now given him a plethora of weapons to throw the ball to. You've got two guys that can win inside, outside, and Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, then let, let, let's use them as opposed to giving the ball to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and hoping that we finally see the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. All right. Um, before we go, um, 
we just wanted to congratulate, send a huge congratulations to uh, the England women team who actually did. So many people have just turned off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually brought it home. They, it, they brought home a trophy that England has never really won a major trophy since 1966. We come close in the Euros, didn't we, against Italy? We lost, obviously, against Italy. But the England women showed the men how to do it and actually brought home the goods and yeah, won Euro 2022. And, um, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, I don't know what you were doing at the time, but it's going to be one of those where were you moments, isn't yeah. it? Especially for an English English people like us. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I can't imagine many of our listeners were like, "Oh, we're oh, going to remember wonderful. where we were when England women <laughs> won the Euro 2022." But it's like it's similar to when England won the uh, Cricket World Cup in yeah. 2019. I actually had an interview with Pete for this job, uh, the, like the day of that, oh, and um, uh, I remember messaging Pete saying, "Sorry, cricket's going into overtime, basically." <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to delay the interview. <laughs> and then England won the Cricket World Cup. And it was, I was absolutely beaming for my interview. and was the yeah. most positive person going, should we say. Um, but yeah, no, though, congratulations to the women. It's good yeah. that uh, England finally won a trophy. Let's just hope that the, the men can uh, match it in November. Yeah, well, uh, we'll be watching them against the United States in the United States, won't we? <laughs> in Kansas City. In, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Oh, by the way, listeners, listeners, I'm taking Brad to Allen Fieldhouse and I don't (laughs) really know, like, again, Mizzou fans switching off. I'm taking Brad to Allen Fieldhouse and I don't think he knows what to expect. So if you do follow him on Twitter at UK, send him a couple of videos or send him a tweet telling him what he he should be expecting from Allen Fieldhouse when we get to watch KU play. I'm no basketball guy, but you keep telling me about this place. And I'm like, really? Is it really? Yeah. That? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The, the last thing we're going to do actually is before we go is Premier League predictions, because obviously we have this soccer slash football thing going as well on the show. And, uh, you know, it's no secret that Tom's an Arsenal fan. I'm a Newcastle fan. And my team was battling relegation towards the end of last year. Um, and Tom's team was battling for Europe last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do a quick prediction of who's going to win the or the top four, isn't it? Top four of the Premier League, yeah. and who's going to be really relegated this year? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Go on, and I'll go first. So I reckon Fulham, Bournemouth, and Forest will get relegated. Really? Yep. Yeah. I think the three promoted teams are all going back down, and the. Premier League title will go to Liverpool. Man City will finish second. Arsenal will finish third. And Tottenham Hotspur will finish fourth. I am uh, right. Okay. Where are you putting Newcastle? Spurs will finish fourth. Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, let's see. Let's have a look. So um, my relegation ones are going to be uh, Leeds United. Oh, good choice. United, good choice. Yeah. They've shed a few players recently. Um, and they've got an American in charge of their team, and Americans know nothing about football slash soccer. Well, they tell them to kick it over the goal instead of England the goal, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, so um, I'm going to go Sorry, I love you, really. Forest as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love you all, really. I'm joking. <laughs> we love you, America. We really do. <laughs> Forest and Fulham as well for the relegation. And for um, I'm, I'm going to go Man City are going to win it again. 
Okay, I think fair point. Just, I just think they've strengthened so much. Um, so I'm going to go Man City, Liverpool. Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, I can't really say. I'm going to go Tottenham third, Arsenal fourth. Okay. I'm getting Progression for Arsenal. <laughs> Progression. Newcastle United, challenging for Europe. They'll, they'll probably finish 10th. Okay. I think I'll be happy with 10th this year. Um, as a bit of a you know stepping stone to next year where we're going to win the league (laughs) (laughs) love your optimism (laughs) love it love it right then hope you've enjoyed the show because that's all we've got time for this week your boys from the kingdom will return again every Wednesday from now on until after the Super Bowl also stick around on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network for more of your favourite shows as we build towards an exciting 2022 season with your Kansas City Chiefs But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.